People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back. Oh my God, we were on a two-week hiatus. This is our first episode back. It feels back. like a year. No, Julie, it feels so weird to be sitting in this seat, doesn't it? Do you, this is like the longest we've ever gone without each other. First of all, I'm not kidding. Like a minute ago, I looked at Julie and I was like, okay, I honestly forgot how to do this. She's like, same. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I like forgot. I was going to ask what my name was before. I was like, what do I say after you say your name? <laughs> Anyway, guys, we are back. We missed this so much. I think we really realized on this break how much we treat this podcast almost like our therapy. Like, where else are we going to talk about all these things that happened? Nowhere. Right? I don't go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we needed this. Before we get into what we're getting into today, I wanted to give a couple of housekeeping announcements for the next couple of weeks. So as you guys know, what we had been doing was on Mondays, it was our Kardashian bonus show where we recapped Sunday night's Keeping Up episodes. And then Tuesday was our regular episode. Now that we're in a Kardashian hiatus and the Kardashian bonus show will be treated kind of as like a regular bonus show. So either it's a celebrity interview, it's some random deep dive, it could be Kardashian related, it could be not. It's not as time sensitive. So the schedule going forward is that our regular episode is going to drop on Mondays, and then our bonus episode is going to drop on Wednesdays. That's different for this week because of special circumstances, but going forward, that's the deal. Right? I said that right? You said that correct. Okay. And then today's episode is two parts. First, we're going to do a little bit of a Golden Globes recap. I don't know if I want to use that word because we're definitely not breaking it down like part by part. Yeah, a, a mini recap. Kind uh, of, yeah, just like talking about what the things that we thought were notable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then we are doing, we thought this would be the best It's way. a recap. <laughs> I'm looking at the notes now and it's a recap. I guess it's a recap. <laughs> and then we're doing what we really wanted to do, which is a full 2019 recap going month by month, the most iconic events that happened each month. And I don't know, I felt like it would have been remiss for us to go into this new year without like really touching on the past. Yeah. Right? I, it was a big year, 2019. It was a huge year. Half the stuff, when I was doing the outline, I was like, that was this year. It was like, 
I could have sworn, sworn. There were so many. We have a whole section in it of like all the celebrity breakups. There were a fuck ton, for lack of a better word. I love celebrity breakups. Oh, beyond. Okay, I have to be honest with you. I am so excited to get into this Golden Globes thing because I really genuinely enjoyed it. I was shocked. Shocked. Well, because you want to know what the thing is? Because I've been like so down on award shows recently, I like know you have. very down. Like I think they have just gotten so increasingly boring, and like everyone is—it's just like everyone's in competition with each other while they're out there. Everyone's trying to top each other. Like everyone's speech, and it's just like, can we just have fun? And I felt like, first of all, I had no expectations for the Golden Globe, so I was like, fuck it. I was like. I said to you, I was like, I, we'll end up like talking like three best dress and then we'll move on. No, Julie's like, we'll talk like the couple best dress, say how much we want to fuck Brad Pitt and then I'll be it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll we'll like discuss what we'd let Brad Pitt do to us. We'll call it a day and we'll move on. Like, yeah. and, and truly what I was expecting. So then like 10 minutes into the Golden Globes, I was like, yes, yeah, it's going exactly how I expected. And I took an edible. And then- <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, no, I knew that she was asking me. She's like, so what do you- But that's not even why I was asking you. No, but I said to her, I was like, so what are you thinking? She's like, so what are you thinking about for the Golden Globes? And I was like, are you asking that because you want to know if you need to take detailed notes or if you can take an edible? She's like, no, but since you asked. <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, yeah. So we decided this. I was like, I knew it, whatever. I took the edible. The edible hadn't hit yet, but there was a point where I was like, I think it was during Ellen, where I was like, we're going to have to do a full recap. And I was like, it's going to hit any second. I know what's coming. Oh. And we're going to do a full recap. But wasn't it kind of fun to do it on the edible? It was, it was fun because I didn't take notes in the moment. Yeah. I just... You just like, watched. I didn't need to. I could just watch, and then apparently I remember things. Yeah. No, it was great. Okay, this is how we're going to do it. I want us first touch on some of the best dressed or our thoughts on the best dressed and then get into some of the moments. Yes. Okay. Just By the way, before we get into, like, our specifics, I think, like, with the exception of a couple people here and there, everyone looked exceptionally good last I completely night. agree. Like, Com- as a whole, amazing. I completely agree with you. I want to start out with— what we do is we always give, when Julie says, like, okay, who's everybody's best dress? Me, Julie, and Isabel all say our three. And it's always fun to see who who's the overlapping ones. All three of us had Priyanka on our list. Well, that was her color. No. She should never step out of the house in another color again. Truly, she looked not only the best I've ever seen her look. Like, I thought she looked better than her wedding day. Yes. But easily the best the best there. I mean, there's just, she blew yeah, everyone she, out yeah. of the water. For anybody that didn't see, she was wearing this off-the-shoulder, soft pink Christina Ottaviano gown with this stunning diamond necklace. Her hair was kind of like old Hollywood glam. Mimi Cottrell is her stylist. I was, I was floored. But here's my thing also. If you're, if Priyanka's going to show up looking like that, I need Nick Jonas to come in something other than a Prada bolo tie. Yeah. You can't. Like, I'm sorry. Like, fine. You want to you wanna wear that any other day? Go for it. If your wife is going to come looking that goddamn good, you better bring it too. I know. I guess devil's advocate could be like, he really let her shine. I mean, not that he looked bad, but. No, he she looked fine. It was just like. Yeah. Come on. No, I. It was one of those where, like, I saw her on the screen and she took my breath away. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was our collective best dress, best in the night. Again, a lot of good ones, but that one really topped it. Also, Carrie Washington. Oh my God. In this all black, very open kind of dress with this like diamond. Yeah. I don't even, like. She looked. It was like a diamond under garment thing. It was like the top equivalent of Haley at the Met Gala. Yeah. Yes, exactly. She really, I mean, God, she, you know something? 
she's one that I feel like this happens to us all the time. We don't really keep her in like the top of our mind and then she'll come out of left field and we're like, God damn, Carrie Washington. Yeah, no, she is, she is beautiful. She was also, she just looked hot. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard line to walk with like sexy, but also classy. It is a very, you know what I mean? Very hard line to walk. And she just did it so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Also, Scarlett Johansson and Vera Wang, no. She was in this bright red strapless Vera Wang gown. I thought. I've always thought you can't go wrong with red. At an award show, you cannot go wrong. Speaking of, Nicole Kidman also in Versace strapless red. You know, the thing is they didn't, it it didn't like I feel like they were competing with each other. No. They both looked equally as as great. When you're Scarlett Johansson and you're Nicole Kidman, you don't compete with other people. You wear what you want and you show up. And if somebody else is wearing that also, then you're, it doesn't matter. Then so be it. I also have to say, Renee Zellweger and Armani. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Although, did you think it was a little weird that she didn't wear any jewelry? I, like, okay, maybe no necklace, obviously, because the I neckline. think it's very her. I think it's very her, like, if you listen to her and you listen to her speak and you listen to what she has to say, you're like, you know what? You're the type of person that can come to a award show and not throw any jewelry on. That's and true. still look beautiful and put together and, and it, so chic. It was this, like, strapless light blue number. It was really stunning. Also, Zoe Deutsch and Fendi was— We spoke about that a lot. That was, like, really, like, probably, like, the next step down from Priyanka for me, like, right after her. And I have to say, I don't typically like yellow. Like, I never, ever gravitate towards anybody wearing yellow. I think I have, like, a lot of resentment about the way yellow looks on me. Mm. But she looked— (laughs) Projecting. Yeah, I'm just like, well, if I can't wear yellow, you shouldn't be able to. (laughs) Relatable. Keep going. I just, I just, she wore it so well. She looked so beautiful. Yeah, for anybody that didn't see her, hair was slicked back. She was in this long sleeve, very like avant-garde almost Mm -hmm. yellow gown. It had deep V. She wore this necklace that the only thing I can equate it to was like the Titanic necklace is kind of what it was. It was, it was Fendi. She just really like, ah, I was so proud of her. Yeah. I also want to say, Obviously, we all know Jennifer Anderson is gorgeous, and I think she gets a lot of shit for, like, quote, playing it safe. Like, she looked absolutely stunning. She's in this, you know, uh, strapless black Dior gown. Her hair is in her typical, like, tussled waves that she always does, and everybody says, like, she looks beautiful, but she could have, you know, changed it up. I don't feel that way at all. I don't feel that way at all. At all. To me, it's like, one, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Clearly, something is working for her. She's never been on a worse dress list. Second of all, I see so much of myself in her in the sense that, like, I know if I was a celebrity, I would do the exact same thing. Right. I've not changed my nail color in literally 10 years. I haven't changed my hair length. Like, if it works, it just works. Also, like, I've never walked out of the house in anything other than black. Yeah. Like, what, you're going to not wear black to an award show? Yeah. Also, like, aren't there other aspects of your life that you can switch things up than when you're being photographed constantly? No. I think Jennifer Aniston, and I feel this way, is, like, she is the representation of what being an A-lister in Hollywood is. Like, when you think of Hollywood, you think of Jennifer Aniston, and there's just something about her in a gorgeous black gown that speaks to that. It really— It epitomizes it. No, it really does. When I—even, honestly, and I I love Reese, but when I saw them because they walked out, like, kind of next to each other, to me, my eyes just immediately went to Jennifer. Yeah, although Reese looked beautiful. She did, she did, but there's something about Jen that is just so effortlessly classy— yeah. No, there is. And there's just something about Jen. She just has a presence. She, it's like your eye just goes to her no matter where she is, no matter who she's standing next to. It's so true. Um, the last one I wanted to touch on was, is that how you name Anna Armas? Yeah. Oh, my God. She looked insane. She, she looked 
so beyond anything what I was like, like, because I think she's like relatively new. She was in Knives Out and I hadn't really heard of her. I'm sure she's done other stuff. I just didn't know. But Knives Out was like her breakout role. And I feel like when you're somebody who kind of has a breakout role, it's not always like the eyes aren't always on you. Like, you know what I mean? Like everyone yeah. goes through your trials of what your Golden Globes, You maybe you take a risk. She showed up and I literally was like, you did it. You nailed it. She fucking nailed you it. She fucking was in did it. This Ralph and Russo like Navy sequin strapless gown. Um, it had pockets, Jeopardy yes. was talking about. Carla Welch was her stylist. It was, she just, I don't know. She looked magnificent. I And I, to be honest with you, I didn't know who she was. I had no idea. So yeah, first well, I, you hadn't seen Knives Out. I felt like Kiki Palmer. Like, I've never seen this man in my oh, life. That's, <laughs> literally <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. I don't know. There was a lot. Did you see Storm Reid? I didn't. Oh my God. Hold on. I'm actually pulling it up for you while we're talking. She is so beautiful. Show me. Like, I can't even believe she exists. You have to see her in this dress. That's how I feel about Margot Robbie. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Wow. I mean, okay. Oh my God, Margot Robbie. Well, Forget about it. I have literally never in my life seen someone so beautiful. When Margot went on stage to present, I forgot what she was presenting, the amount of people that texted me at the same time being like, how is one person that flawless? It's really unbelievable. And it's her, it's everything. But wait, I have to just say it. I want to just talk about JLo for one second. Okay. Obviously she is one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. We all know that. And maybe, like I always say, maybe I'm just not fashionable enough to understand it. But what the fuck? Um, <laughs> the way right. I feel about J-Lo is, okay, let's say you do 10 really important things in a year, right? Like 10 really important things. There's no way you can do all 10 things perfectly. So true. If you do nine things absolutely perfectly and then the one tenth thing isn't so great. So be it's, it. It's just the rules of the universe. It's the way, it's way the cookie crumbles. You know what I mean? No, I think you're you spot on. You can't just be 10 for 10 every time. Exactly. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. And I have to say her after party outfit, I adore. Oh my God. I wish she had worn that. Because I think she, I usually like when it's an after party outfit and they look better, it's like, oh, you look amazing. Like, I love that, but you couldn't have worn it on the car. But I think she totally could have worn it. Yeah. You guys should look at it. It's like kind of, it's a sexier, it's like a white number. Something that I noticed though, so Tom Batchik, I think that's how you say his name. He is like the nails, you know, the manicurist to the stars and he always does her. And it just goes to show like the level of details. For her main outfit, she wore like this ombre French. And for the night in between, he, he added like sparkles. Don't you love when they change their nail color in between? It's Who did that that I was, um... To me, that's the epitome of, like, stardom. Like, your average person is not changing their nail polish in an hour from, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, from my party God. To party. It's driving me crazy. I'm thinking of somebody who did that for an award show, and they were either Kim? hosting... Oh. Maybe, oh, maybe it was Kim. I think it was Kim. And Kim changed her her nail color. Maybe it was Kim at... It was at the Gala. the after party, I think. yeah. It was. That, yes, That's yes, it was. yes, yes. It was driving me crazy just now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there is, there is like being styled and there is looking amazing. And then there is just a certain level of detail and attention to detail that it takes someone truly special to pull off. It does. It also, side note, we didn't mention this, but I have to say, I really liked Busy Phillips's. I, I thought she too. looked great. I loved Gwyneth Paltrow. I thought Gwyneth, you didn't? No, I think I thought pages. she looked beautiful. Well, I thought her face looked beautiful, but I was not a fan. I thought she pulled it off so well. She can, she can, she's like one of those people. If she there can is kind of, somebody that can pull off that dress, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. It is. And I was, I was like pleasantly surprised to see her in that. I think it's just, I like things simple. 
Also, the last person I want to say is Saoirse Ronan in that Celine Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? This like a very weird comparison. Paris Hilton at her 21st birthday. Oh, interesting. I, so, I know what you mean exactly. You know what I yeah. mean? It was like obviously a longer version of that, but I just thought it was simple, glamorous. Yeah. I, I was so into it. Yeah, I so agree. I have to be honest with you. I'm not one that like looks for celebrities to like dress poorly so we can, like I would so much rather everybody look amazing. Like I don't get yeah. excited when I see bad looks. Yeah, I get like bummed out. I get like bummed out. I'm like, oh, you had that chance. Well, also it's like, the the way I feel about it is like if you look specifically bad at an award show, it's like everyone notices. Like it's all anyone talks about, and it's like you know how much easier it is to just look good. So just look good. I know exactly. Like that's one thing I want to say about Sofia Vergara. She spoke openly about her boobs are massive, and like she has to have everything custom made because nothing fits. And as you see, her typical look is what she did last night: a tight strapless dress that pushes her boobs up. That's like you know tight to the body, whatever. A lot of people say, like, again, like Jennifer, change it up. To me, it's like, no, that is working perfectly for you. Yeah, Why she knows what works. She knows what works. Exactly. There's no reason to change. I'm not one of those you have to change it up. No, me neither. If you're bad, then change it up and look good. If you look good, then it's fine. I don't, I don't need you to take a risk. I agree. Okay, before we get into some of the notable moments, let's do our special shout-outs category. This <laughs> is our list. Salma Hyatt starts. Okay, no. She was in Gucci. This woman's boobs were a masterpiece. Yeah. Like Michelangelo made them. I couldn't focus on anything else. When she was up there with Tiffany Haddish, I mean, I was like tunnel vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally, she walked out. I was like, oh, hi. Yeah. I was like, didn't see you there. (laughs) Literally did not see you there. She posted this picture of her and Patricia Arquette, and both of them really had like amazing cleavage. But Selma's are just— Selma's tits are like what dreams are made of. I made my Insta story. I was like, they're going to write books on her boobs. Like, it's unbelievable. Also, Sienna Miller's face. Gorgeous face. Gorgeous face. Jason Momoa, at one point it flashes him. He's in a tank top. I could talk about Jason Momoa and and family. Like, if you said to me right now, like, we don't have to do the rest of the podcast. Let's just talk about Jason Momoa and family for the rest of the night. I would be like, fine. Easily. Easily. He is so sexy. I saw a meme that was like, um, Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet, like, are the best couple, but it was like they were born in the wrong era. Yeah. And, like, I kind of get that in the sense that I don't even know how to, like, put it into words, but they almost, like, defy time in a way. I'll tell you what it is. You know those really annoying girls from your high school that would be like, oh, I was born in the wrong era yeah. because they, like, like Great Gatsby. Yeah. And you're like, you're not born in the wrong era. You just, like, found one thing from that. Yeah. They genuinely look like if you place them, and, and I don't even know what era it would be, but if you place them in, like, an old-timey era, you'd be like, yes, they just work They there. just work. I mean, they work here, too. Like, they just, they're, like, they're, they're literally, like, the definition of old souls. We'll get into Brad Pitt in a second because, goddamn, but when he said LDC— for Leonardo DiCaprio. We're going to get into that whole thing. Which, by the way, I don't think that's ever been done before. I've never heard Leo refer to as LDC. I don't think any of us are allowed to refer to Leo as LDC. We don't have the, of, co- of course you've never heard it. It just, it did You things. have to be granted permission. It did things to me. Let me tell you something. I really. No. Brad Pitt last night did but no, we, have, we have to save it. Like, we'll get there in a minute. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And 
I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Talking about notable moments, I first want to, I first want to talk about uh, kicking the night off with Rita Wilson's hair and makeup dilemma. So basically, she starts tweeting that her hair and makeup person who she booked in September was still not there. Still not there, still not there. He ended up being an hour and a half late, and she was fully freaking out. She posted a picture of herself with, like, her hair disheveled, no makeup. And I want to know your thoughts on this. It got two responses. On one hand, everyone in Hollywood was commenting, like, oh, my God, that's the worst. Don't worry. Like, they'll get there. You look beautiful. And then there were the fans that, like, got it. And then there were the critics that were like, how insensitive do you have to be with everything else going on in the world that you're making a big deal about this? My stance on that is the following. Clearly, there are major, like, tragedies happening in the world right now, a thousand million percent. That being said, like, having perspective is so important. It's not like she's saying her issue is bigger than the fact that Australia is on fire, but she is saying the fact that in this moment, she's going to the Golden Globes. Her husband is being honored in one of the biggest nights of his career. Any human being in that situation would be freaked out that their hair and makeup person is late. Like that, like really, to me, I don't think that that's insensitive of her posting it. It would be if she was like, this is the biggest issue in the entire world, but in her own personal life, come on. Also, she was like being funny about it. It wasn't like this, it wasn't like I will, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like she was blowing up online, like I'll destroy this person. You know what I mean? It was just like, this is what it, it was to me. When Chrissy Teigen was tweeting about them all coming over, for the voice finale and she didn't know it was the finale dinner and everyone was like talking about how like dramatic she was being and she was like fine you tell me what you made when when they all came over to your house when you had Adam Levine and Gwen Stefani and and Blake Shelton at your house tell me what you made that's how I feel now like fine you think it's dramatic tell me what happened when you were when your husband was being given the biggest award of the day and your hair and makeup person didn't show up yeah it's like any normal human being in that moment would have reacted that way and I just think that like come on like yes of course there are much bigger issues happening in the world and those need to be taken seriously but Rita Wilson is allowed to be upset that her hair and makeup person didn't come up personally I would have the last well, that's the biggest issue is that everyone, it, it, this is the common trend is that you talk about one thing and you complain or you say one thing and everyone jumps in. It's like, well, what about this? What about this? There's no correlation. Yeah, exactly. You can care about something and still care about something that's more minor than that and still care about it and still have it be a big deal to you. Exactly. And if anything, I liked her relatability in that moment. No one's at, like, she's not like she's like, please donate to my hair and makeup fund so that I can get it done quickly. Like, no, it doesn't take away anything for her to be upset that her hair and makeup isn't there. Yeah, I totally agree. Also, Rachel Bilson and Bill Hader making their red carpet debut fucked me up. I, did you know they were dating? Well, I had heard rumors. Because he, she was in his hometown for Yeah. It's a very interesting couple. Like, I, I just, like, literally don't know how I feel because to me, I'm just like, how did they even meet? I want it so... 
if you guys remember, like, a, I don't know, let's say a month ago, we were all speculating if Nick Vial was dating Rachel Bilson because they had a lot of flirty Instagram comments back and forth. She went on his podcast. It was a little bit flirty. You could just tell. And neither of them really denied it. They both kind of leaned into it. And last night, the Morning Toast posted a picture of Rachel and Bill with the caption, Rachel Bilson and Bill Hader making their red carpet debut with the Golden Globes. He's no Nick Vial, but he'll do. And fucking Nick Vial comments. It makes it easier since I'm such a Barry fan. How fast did we screenshot and post that comment? So quick. It was a great, it was a great comment. It was a great response. It was a great comment also because it kind of like confirmed it. Like it's it's subtly confirmed that there was something with her him there and Rachel. There was definitely something. You know what I mean? This uh, Bill Hader and Rachel Wilson are so interesting. I can't get over it. I don't know why. Because I'm such a Bill Hader fan. Like I really like truly and not even just SNL, just everything he does. I feel like he's such like the perfect, quirky, funny guy. And I love that role for him. I just didn't see this relationship happening. We heard we've heard the best things about Rachel Wilson. I've heard, yeah, and the best things about Bill Hader. Yeah, well, of course. But I'm saying, like, Rachel Bilson, like, individual people have separately told us. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. Us. Yeah. I want to talk with J-Lo and A-Rod for a second. Gladly. Just in the sense that I know some people don't like them together or, like, get annoyed by it. I love the way that he fangirls over her. I love that I know that if, when, when I see her on the red carpet, I know that if I turn a little bit to my right, he's going to be there with his iPhone. Why does everyone have to be mad all the time? Yeah, it's like, guys— can't we do some? Yeah, you know what? You're right, Julie. Like, what the fuck? Like, you don't like A-Rod and J-Lo? What is wrong with you? That you have some bitterness in your life if you can't appreciate this couple at every turn, at every single moment. I, I just can't. I can't fathom it. And also, the, the way I feel about them continuously, and I say this always, is that, like, I feel like it was a glitch in the universe that they didn't get together sooner. We always say like, this. I feel like watching them together, I feel like everything has just come together. It's like when, when I see them together, it's like, what the fuck were you doing with Casper Smart? What the fuck were any of us doing before they got together? It's not, it just feels like everything settled into place once they got together. I totally agree with you. I really do. Um, also, so this is what I was talking about earlier. So Brad Pitt and, okay, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, and Reese Witherspoon all arrived basically at the, at the same, same time. time. And it was like amazing watching that happen. Erin Lim's stories were amazing. You guys should definitely follow her because she's just like, at these types of events, she has the best coverage. And Brad was being interviewed by Entertainment Tonight. And the guy said to him like, yeah, you know, everybody's saying like, they're really hoping for uh, a, Jen, a run-in with Jen. And he says, I'll run into Jen. She's a good friend. Yeah. And then he's and saying like how it would be like such an important reunion. He goes, it would be the second most important reunion of the year. I understand. That was a play on Friends. Right. Like he was saying, like, because they obviously had their reunite. It's just so funny. Like, they're friends. Like, we've seen them spotted together numerous times. Like, not spotted together on, like, a, a dating. Like, he goes to her birthday party. He was at her Friendsgiving thing. Like, we just know that. But, like, it, it's just funny to me that after how many years is it? 15, 16 years, we are still sitting here and not over this couple. No. I have to tell you something, Julie. Like, you know how we always say, like, with what we do, it's like, oh, you know, you really realize these people are just people and all that stuff. Like, that happens with most people. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston are will not never not be, to me, like, to me, that is the mecca, I think. Yeah. Honestly, different category than A-Rod and J-Lo. To me, Brad Pitt and Jen Aniston, like, I will never not, one, hope for them to be together, which I know isn't a popular thought or not everybody feels that way. And two, not, like, just be in awe of every move. I'm so fascinated. I know. Well, I think the thing with Brad and Jen is that was, I mean, for me at least, and I, I think you feel the same way, like that was when you fell in love with like celebrities and pop culture. Like not even the debacle of the aftermath, just like them together. It was like, it, it is so crazy. And obviously this happened 
for years and years and whatever. But it's just so crazy to watch two people at the height of the industry and the height of their careers be together and have a relationship like that and be like, you represent Hollywood and you do it together. And I think that's why no one can ever get over them. It's like they were that couple and it ended so poorly, but they both have managed, even watching them now, come out the other end with like such class and such respect for each other somehow where it's like, oh my God, like there is still a part of me that craves you guys being together. I see, if it's, I don't know if it's best for, if it is, that's all I want. It is all I want. You know, so when he was giving his speech, which we'll get into in a second, the cameraman, whoever fucking, like, you did your damn job. All I wanted was to see her, and mm-hmm. he, and they did it. And she was really sitting there with almost, like, such a look of respect and admiration. And, like, she was so happy. And there was this really funny meme that was, like, the difference in the way Jen was looking at him and the way that Reese was looking at him. And it was, like, this just goes to show, like— um, your best friend will never look at the man that cheated on you the same. Because it right. was like it was almost like Reese was looking at him with not disgust, but kind of like with disapproval. Whereas Jen was like, her head was in her hands. At like she one was, point. I don't think she was the entire time. But it was like one not. point that they got the screenshot and that what it was, but it was so funny. Like, I mean, okay, I got to be honest. Like, I forgot for a second about Brad Pitt. Like, I really did. And, yeah. and recently we've been remembering about him a little bit more because he's been more in our orbit. Want to know what took me back to last night? I told you, I'm sure I told you this. When I was young and they were filming Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 12 and I was in Rome, they were using the lobby of my hotel for hair and makeup. I don't think you ever told me this. Oh my God. We get to Rome, we get off the plane and everything's blocked off and we're like, oh my God, there's no way. We then find out that our hotel where we're staying is the lobby. The entire lobby is the makeup. So it's like Catherine Zeta-Jones, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, whatever. How have you never told me this? I don't know. And I'm standing there and all of a sudden I see Brad and I had, and I was young, and I just remember being like, I think that was my first experience That's of really like, like, my heart starts pounding, and we got we got his autograph. I still have it. He could not have been do you, nicer. Do you have a picture? I have a picture of him, not me and him together. I mean, you remember, like, there wasn't cell phones at that time. Right. I have a picture. He was wearing this like tan blazer, but I just remember in that moment being like, everything I've ever thought about him is true. Like he is just as sexy as I thought he was. Yeah. And seeing him last night just brought me back to that moment of like, I genuinely think he is the the best looking man in Hollywood. Like bold statement, but I feel that way. I, I he is no, but there's yeah, there's just an air to him. But also the thing with Brad Pitt, and the reason that we're considering this like a resurgence or whatever is because, like when I was watching Brad Pitt last night, I was like, not only does he look so hot, like I've never forgotten about how hot you are. But he also looked like he was in a really good place. And I feel like for a while when I was watching Brad Pitt, I was like, something just seems off with you. Like Angelina wasn't good for him. I don't—this was like a whole discussion that we were having last night about, like, Brad Pitt's career versus, like, while he was with her versus before versus after all of these things. Like, did he give up the best acting years of his life while he was with her? And I don't know. Like, I don't know what things were like. And I think that in the beginning of that relationship— he, he was in a good place still. Like, and I think he was really happy. I think as the relationship went on, especially towards the end, he got to a really dark place. And I mean, it's true. Like there was obviously alcohol issues. He's talked about it. He went to rehab, whatever. He worked on it. But towards the end of that relationship, you could see that he wasn't in a good place. Like you were looking at him and he looked drawn and he looked tired and whatever. When I saw him last night, I was like, you look back in every sense of the word. Every He looked rejuvenated. Like he had an yeah. amazing facial. 
right? Yeah. Like his skin was glowing. He was so Like he had a vampire facial and he went to like the fountain of youth and, ah, and he was just like in this field, just skipping. Like that's how he felt. He just seemed so happy. And in his speech, one of the things he said, um, he was like, I wanted to bring my mom tonight, but you know, any woman I stand next to, they ought to, they say that I'm dating, which like, was the best thing ever, which by the way, he's in the interview that we were talking about before with the Jen Addison thing. When the person said that, Sharon Osbourne was also interviewing him. And she was like, he, when he said that, she looked at him and she just like got close next to him and like looked directly That's at the camera. Really it was funny. Really, it was That's really, really funny. It was really funny. I mean, his whole thing, I, I said, I was like, Brad Pitt praising Leonardo DiCaprio is the hottest thing ever. Yeah. I was I so mean, turned on. I couldn't, like, I was turned on. It wasn't just, I was like, oh yeah, he's hot. I was like, wow, you have that thing. Yeah. Also, when he was with Angelina, it was a little bit like very grungy, which I like a little bit, but it was almost too much. Yeah, he went through a lot of different phases while he was with her. I don't know. Like, I I, I have so many thoughts and also no thoughts at the same time about that relationship. I don't know enough. I'll never know enough. And None of us will. I still think it is one of the most fascinating things that has ever happened in Hollywood. Oh, it is. It'll go down. I mean, it, it just it boggles my mind to this day. And I think that, yeah, like that that's the pinnacle of Hollywood. It is. Is—, is is Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, all of those people are what we know. And it's like for them to all be together and involved in so deeply in each other's lives, it's just crazy as an outsider to watch. It is. And then you see it in a situation like that, and it really is. It Truly, last night I felt it was like a pop culture enthusiast's dream. And I don't feel that way about every award show. Especially the Golden Globes. Especially the Golden Globes. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we'll get into the speeches in a minute, but just a couple of things that I wanted to touch on. When Ricky Gervais made the joke about um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being so long that by the time it's older, by the time it was over, Leo's girlfriend was too old for him, and they panned to Leo and he was laughing. He was cracking up. I loved that. I love somebody who can take a joke. Ricky Gervais is such an interesting host because he's so, like— He doesn't—he is shameless. Shameless and so—it's just funny. Like, the way I felt about Ricky Gervais was that I feel like you have all of Hollywood, right? Who, like, anytime something happens, is like, everyone's so sensitive. No one can do it. And then Ricky Gervais tells a joke that's genuinely funny. It just attacks them, and they can't take the joke. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, literally, Ricky Gervais talking about how— the. A lot of what he said last night, I was like, okay, just relax. Like, you you don't have to go that hard. But, like, there was that one moment where he was talking about, like, 
which a lot of people didn't like, where he was saying that to everyone, he was like, just be chill tonight because you know what? You're in no position to be lecturing normal people on what their lives are because you are so out of touch. Like, I I don't know how much I agreed with that statement, but there was a lot of validity behind that. Yeah, of course. Like, when... And who said it in their speech when they were talking about, was it Joaquin Phoenix when he was talking about- Don't take the private plane to Palm Springs. That was was the intersection of both of those things. Where it's like, don't lecture on climate change when every single one of you is taking your private jet to Palm Springs. And the whole point of it being LA to Palm Springs is that if you can't sit on a commercial flight for two hours, then like, come on. Don't lecture anybody else if you're not going to sit on a commercial flight for two hours. Or drive. (laughs) <laughs> or drive, but that's what I'm saying is like everyone's, we were talking about this last night, we were saying like not even celebrities, just anyone who can kind of afford that luxury, like the the quickest, cheapest flight you can take private if you're in LA that you're going to go somewhere is Palm Springs. Like that is your bougie weekend. You're going to take a private plane to like, and people do it to make a point of doing that bougie weekend to go to Palm Springs. Like, it's not even just celebrities. It's like anybody who does it, like, that's the thing. And it was such a moment of, like, that is the most specific call-out you can have. It was. Because every person in that room has done that. Beyond. My thing with it, though, is that it's not even, like, I don't feel in any position to, like, criticize anyone's choices, like, for that. I, like, really. It's more so, if you're if you're going to do that, fine. But then you can't be the same one lecturing on. Well, that's exactly that what it's it like, was. If you want to do it, totally fine. Go for it. But, like, it just seems, it undermines your point is kind of how right. I feel about it. It was just interesting. I happen to think Ricky Gervais is funny. I think there was a number of jokes that he had that were very, very funny. And there were a number of jokes that he had where I was like, oh, God. Yeah. I was like, oh, God, you really went there, didn't you? Yeah, no, I th- I thought he, I honestly thought he did a good job. Yeah, like you said, for the most part, there were some that were whatever, but I thought I I'm a, a Ricky Gervais. Like I get his humor. I think he's very funny, and I think that the majority of the climate today was not on board with Ricky. Gervais, no, they were not. Which, is, which says a lot. I don't know. That was my opinion. Okay. Also, before we get into the speeches, I just wanted to touch on the Phoebe Waller Bridge thing. Yes. Okay. So for anybody who didn't see this. I'm sure you heard last night her talking about Obama in her speech. And what happened was, is that Obama releases a list every year of his favorite books and movies. And in the movies category, he did all of the movies that he saw the year, all of his favorites of the year, and then a section of just three TV shows. And he wrote like TV shows that were as powerful as the movies. And one of the shows was Fleabag, which is Phoebe Waller-Bridge's show. And... In the first episode of the second season, there is a scene where she's in bed with her boyfriend, her boyfriend's asleep, and she's watching an Obama speech. And she's fingering herself to the Obama speech. And when he posted that, everyone was like, oh my God. He literally watched Phoebe Waller-Bridge finger herself (laughs) to him. That is the craziest thing, the funniest thing. And she spoke about it in her speech. Like she was like, I... Obama, like, oh no, she was like, she was like, yeah, you know, it was also, it was such a uh, compliment that I was on Obama's list because, as you guys know, he was on mine. She's like, if you don't get that, watch the first episode of the second season, and you will. It was, and I honestly hadn't even watched the show, but I obviously could infer from what happened. I texted Julia, I was like, did she masturbate to him? <laughs> like, she obviously. masturbated to him, and he watched it. Also, like, like no, Obama watched Phoebe Waller Bridge, like, literally finger herself, and that's the best thing ever. Also, like, I feel like a lot of people aren't like realizing what a big deal it is because like I feel like if you have a normal celebrity right it's like oh 
you fingered yourself to Brad Pitt. Like, who hasn't? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, it's like Brad Pitt can take himself in that context. He can understand that. Obama isn't like, people's sexiest man alive. Yeah, he isn't no. like, he's was the president of the United States watching a TV show where a girl is figuring herself to him. It's so good. It's so good. I love the law. I just love the world. If yeah. JFK was alive, do you know how many I shows would be? I was about to fucking say that. Oh my God, I know. Okay, wait, a couple of other things before we get into the speeches. I know I keep saying that, but there's just so many things that I want to talk about. Uh, Brad Pitt and Leo together when they were presenting, I just fucking lost my mind. Also, Beyonce sleep. First of all, Beyonce Wait, being first there. First of all, the exact moment we all realized Beyonce was there every, was it was insane. It wasn't just us texting at the same time. Like our DMs were flooded. Like, did you guys yeah. see? It's like, yeah. Obviously. And I was like in a room. We all jumped. Like it was like a full. You would have thought that like a ghost was there. Well, apparently they were like an hour or two hours late. She didn't walk the carpet, which isn't surprising. Well, she was on time for the show. She just didn't walk the yeah. carpet. Yeah. Um, and she had these massive gold sleeves. And I swear to God, she was blocking Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, she was blocking everyone. It was so... And he and Jay-Z, like, apparently brought his own champagne, like, his own line. She's just stunning. I, I have nothing else to there say. There is just... It just there it, is something about Beyonce, always. And, like, I'm obviously the biggest Beyonce fan. There's just no one else to me. But, like, in the same way we talk about Brad Pitt, like, to me, that's Beyonce. She is not... She is untouchable. There is just... There is no one like her. She has that presence. She walks into a room and it's like, I can't believe that these commoners are with her. That's I, how I feel. Like, I even, I can't even believe that Jennifer Aniston and Beyonce are in the same room. Because it's like, how are those two people not only exist at the same time, but are in the same room together? Yeah, no, it was pretty. She really, she's one of those. She just gives off that energy. Also, Aquafina, she became the first um, Asian American to win Best Actress at the Golden Globes, which was amazing. a really big deal. Yeah, and I, I've always really liked her. I honestly didn't know much about her though, and I just I loved her speech last night. I thought it was she's very real. Yes, you know what I mean. Like she's just and what she was saying, and then she it was a video of her um, facetiming her grandma. I think it was her grandma yeah. right at the show, like literally sitting at the table, and I obviously was crying. Yeah. I cried way more than I had expected to yesterday. No, let's get into, let's get into let's speeches. get into some. Well, let's do Alan and then Tom. Okay, we're not going to get yeah, we're not getting into all of them. Don't worry. But the two that I think are the most necessary to touch on are Ellen and Tom. So, Kate McKinnon was presenting Ellen with the Carol Burnett Award for Outstanding Contributions to Television on and Off the Screen, and Kate McKinnon in herself is just a force. Yes, she is so funny. She is so intelligent, and she's such a presence. And like, she knows how to do this this t- type of stuff, and you know. As a lesbian, Kate McKinnon said that Ellen coming out and being so brave in her journey was, like, one of the reasons that she felt she was able to even have a career because it gave her the courage to say, like, hey, I could do this too. And she said, I feel like I want to read this. Is that okay? It's like, it was very powerful. She said, in 1997, when Ellen's sitcom was at the height of its popularity, I was in my mother's basement lifting weights in front of the mirror and thinking, am I gay? And I was, and I still am. But that's the very scary thing to suddenly know about yourself. It's sort of like doing 23andMe and discovering that you have alien DNA. And the only thing that made it less scary was seeing Ellen on TV. She'd risked her entire life and her entire career to tell the truth, and she suffered greatly for it. Of course, attitudes change, but only because brave people like Ellen jump into the fire to make them change. And if I hadn't seen her on TV, I would have thought, I could never be on TV. They don't let LGBTQ people on TV. More than that, I would have gone on thinking I was an alien and that I maybe didn't have a right to be here. So thank you, Ellen, for giving me a shot at a good life. 
I'm like crying again. It was. That was a really, like a really beautiful moment. I can't imagine a more powerful thing to hear someone say about you. Yeah. Like not only crediting kind of the ability for their career, but also like to make them feel okay with who they were. Like that's so powerful. And you could see Ellen was really touched. Portia was crying. Portia was crying the whole time, a little cutie. It was just really sweet. And then Ellen got up there and obviously she gave a great speech. Again, she's one of those, she's like a natural born performer. And I, you know, she thanked Kate, which was just, it's always, it's always when, which Tom Hanks did with Charlize, it's always when the um, presenter, when the recipient thanks the presenter and it's this almost like unparalleled level of mutual respect and admiration. It's very similar to Carol King and Taylor Swift. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And it's just like so cool to watch. I don't know. You don't see that that often. It's, it feels very rewarding. It's also, I felt that way when, um, when like celebrities who, and this happened with Ellen John, obviously, when celebrities who play other celebrities in movies and biopics are like thank them in their speech and they're there. And it's just such a rewarding experience to see that mutual respect. And it's like, you're watching somebody who portrayed another, like, epic human being. Yeah. And did it so well that it earned their respect. Like, they were so proud to be with them. It's just a beautiful moment. It was. Um, Also, Brad Pitt, he obviously won Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture Drama for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Did you have this feeling when Brad Pitt won? Like, I had the weirdest feeling where I was like, oh, my God. I'm so happy for him. As if, like, award-winning was new for right, him. Right, right, As if I was like, oh, my God, thank God he needed this. He deserved it. Yeah. Finally, the recognition. Like, like Leo the literally it. a seasoned vet. I know, I know. But I think, I'm telling you, it's because he's been out of the game, or at least in our minds, he's been out of the game. I know, it was, it was his awakening, or my awakening to Brad Pitt last night, I swear to God. Reawakening, yeah. Reawakening. There was just a lot. I mean, first off, he acknowledged the other nominees in the category, and just, like, saying how it was surreal to be surrounded by all of them. I mean, every single person that he's right, because but, every, you know, Tom Hanks, like everyone, everybody, Anthony Hopkins, like those are the biggest names in Hollywood. That's a category. It doesn't get bigger than that. Um, And he, you know, he of course thanked Leo. He said, uh, calling him LDC, saying he's an all star. He's a gent, and I wouldn't be here without you, man. Thank you. Still, I would have shared the raft. No, no. I literally had to pause. I was like, did Brad fucking Pitt just make a Titanic reference? Julie's like, Julie's so high at this point. She's like, oh my God, he's in on the memes. Literally. (laughs) No, no, he literally, he's so like, I was like, he's got his finger right on the pulse, that Brad Pitt. He he has watched that Kiki Palmer video. (laughs) He's like, finger on the pulse. Has he not? Yes. I'm shocked he didn't like fuck off Kate Winslet. You know what I mean? Like I was, that was one for the books. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Brad Pitt saying to Leonardo DiCaprio, I would have shared the raft with you. I can die happy. What more could happen? No, that is such, like, I I can't believe. Wow. Like, I can't believe we get to witness that moment. No, Julie, I felt really lucky that night, last night. Last night was good. Last night was so good. Why I know. was last night so good? I don't know. Because we weren't expecting it to be. And because we weren't together. So, like, we really were experiencing it even more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was so excited to talk about it. So, Tom Hanks— I just can't even. I don't want to breeze through him. I want to give him the respect he deserves. Yeah. I want you to read. Okay, I will. So he was presented with the, I'm going to fuck this up, Cecil B. DeMille Lifetime Achievement Award for Outstanding Contribution to the World of Entertainment. And first off, he was sitting front and center with Rita and his entire family. He has like five kids, um, them, their spouses. Like he was really. I think he has four kids as I was looking it up earlier. I thought it was five also. He said five. Maybe he needs um and like one of their 
wives. Because I was looking it up and I was like, because we were having this whole discussion about whose kids were with who. And he had said five, so I had it so in my head. And it was like two with Rita Wilson, two with his ex-wife. And I was like, we're missing one. Well, maybe it was maybe one of the, it was a, a, spouse. a spouse. He has this one son, Chet, I think is his name, Chet. who I wasn't familiar with until this morning. Take a little gander at him. Interesting guy. Not, I had no idea that that was— he, yeah. he released a whole rap single, and he's covered in tats. And I, he just says— the reason I was surprised is because he's like the antithesis of Colin. Like they are literally two different people. Yeah. And it was just interesting to see that. Anyway, so Charlize Theron presented him with the award. And what we were talking about before with this idea of mutual respect and admiration could not have been more evident than here. And she was saying that, you know, growing up as an eight-year-old in South Africa, her three most prized possessions were her ballet shoes, her pet goat, and her VHS cassette of um, the film Splash, obviously starring Tom. And she said that she watched it so many times that the ribbon broke and that she had to fix it with scotch tape. She then, like, made a joke, like, do you guys even know what that is? Right. Like, to those at home. Um, and she said, you know, that she, like, she just grew up her entire life with this intense respect and, like, not even, like, a fan, more than a fan. You know what I mean? Like, it was like Tom was her He was person. larger than life. It was yeah. like she said. She she was like, she was like, I, like, in reef splash, she was saying there was, like, this dirty duck pond by her house that she would, like, splash around in and dream that Tom Hanks would rescue her and take her to Manhattan and make her something. It's just insane. So, in 1996, Tom gave her kind of, like, her first big breakthrough in Hollywood in the film, That Thing You Do. And she said, I have to read this. I remember after my first read, I thought I completely blew it. I didn't know where I was or who I was, and I had somehow forgotten to breathe. Tom just kindly looked at me, took a beat, and said, I'm sorry, Charlize, would you mind giving me just five minutes? I just need to step out. I'll be right back, and then we'll do that scene again. Tom didn't need five minutes. I needed five minutes. Those five minutes were a gift to me because he saw a nervous, sweaty young actress failing to mask a panic attack and a thick South African accent. That's the kind of man he is. This is why we love Tom. The most undeniable thing that can be said about Tom Hanks is both deceptively simple and yet overwhelmingly true. He just makes the world a better place. I mean, I was, I was hysterical. Well, the, the thing is that like two minutes before she said that, I was saying to you, we were like talking about it, and I was like, Tom Hanks is the person where it's like, for every bad thing you hear about somebody in Hollywood, there is the opposite about, like every secret bad person you hear about Hollywood that has secret stories and unknown things where they do terrible things or bad, whatever, they're not nice. That is the opposite of Tom Hanks. For every one of those, there is a story about how good and kind of a person Tom Hanks is. And it's all just like, it, it, it's just not secret. It's just not everything. He's one of those people where he does it because it's who he is. It's who he is. And, and then you see not, and then it comes out later. And then it comes out. And it oh, it finds a way to come out. And I think we only, it's like a Keanu Reeves. We only scratch the surface of the amazing things there is to say about Tom Hanks. And we were talking about this two minutes. And when she said that, I was like, that is the example. For him to look at Charlize Theron, a young actress, auditioning, so nervous. And for him to say, I need five minutes. That was Tom Hanks in a nutshell. In a fucking nutshell. That was nutshell. everything I've heard about Tom Hanks in one speech. Yep, yep. He was so emotional. I mean, he was beyond. And he started by saying, a man is blessed with a family sitting down front like that, a wife who's fantastic in every way, who has taught me what love is, five kids who are braver and stronger and wiser than their old man is. I can't tell you how much your love means to me. He then, like Brad Pitt, kind of went on to um, honor other, the, other actors, and he said, you're a dope if you don't steal from everybody you've ever worked with, and I have stolen from the likes of people who only need one name. 
like Meryl, like Denzel, like Antonio, like Meg, like Julia, like Sally Fields, even though that's two names, it's still one. But I've also been made better by watching the examples of some of the greatest actors that have ever walked the stage. Peter Scolari and Holland Taylor a million years ago, Robin Wright, Barkat Abdi, and Charlize, who actually is one of those one-word names. Did you see her fall? Like she, she fell. really fell. When he, said, really like- when he said, the reason I had to leave the room for five minutes was I was going to tell the other producers th- that this woman is, I'm auditioning right now is going to be in this movie somehow. So we got to figure out how it's going to work. And she was. <sighs> I just can't. He said, um, he ended it by saying this sign-off that's used um, in filmmaking, the term check the gate. So he said, Thank you, Hollywood Foreign Press. Thank you all here. Thank you all for all your inspiration and all your hard work and all the struggle that you guys go through in order to hit the marks and tell the truth. I have checked the gate. The gate is good. Uh, There's just— No, he's such a special guy. And also, what a goddamn career. When they were going through his movies and things he's done, I was like— It takes you a moment. You're like, oh, my God. What an incredible—everything he does, it turns to gold. It really does. He's what a guy. I ran upstairs and hugged my dad right after that. I mean, of course. (laughs) He's so sweet. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was—what a—there was no better way to— Well, that's what we were saying. We were, like, crying, like, when he was giving a speech. And I was like, I feel like—everyone was just like, I feel like my dad is talking to me. Yeah, that's Like, I feel like my dad is saying something really sweet to me right now. That's how it felt. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about the night? I know we obviously couldn't get everything, but I had to get in some stuff. Yeah. No, it was, it was like, it felt like a special night. It was a special It really <laughs> did feel like a special night. It felt like a special night. But not, but that's what I'm saying is like, not every award show recently has felt that way. No, it hasn't. It used to. Every award show to me when I was growing up was the biggest night of the year. There was not one award show that would happen where I didn't think, like, tonight's the night the world ends. Yeah, no, I know. Like, the thing is, the, remember how this year we said, like, the AMAs were especially entertaining? We didn't think they would be. It was different, though. Those were entertaining. This was, like, special. Yeah, like, this felt like Hollywood. Yeah. This had a Hollywood feel to me that I felt award shows haven't had in a while. I totally agree. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So before we recognized how special the Golden Globes were, we honestly weren't planning on doing a full recap, which is why we had planned to do this part of the episode, which was a full 2019 recap. Broken up in a way that's different than your average. Would you say that's fair? Yes. We're not just going to go through each of the big events. Like, we'll touch on those, but we broke it down, or Julie broke it down. She really did all this by herself. 
um, by biggest Instagram moment, the most popular meme format at the time, and then like notable moments that were happening. Just like what it's broken up by month and just what what was everybody talking about that month? Yeah. What was going on? Yeah. And then at the end, like I told you, we're going to do an ode to some of the couples that we lost this year. Yeah. But we're just going to start month by month. So everybody, try as hard as you can to transport with us back to January 1st, 2019. Feels like forever ago. I mean, it really does. So the biggest thing that was happening on Instagram this month was the world record egg. If you guys remember that account, World Record Egg posted a photo of an egg and it wanted to be the most liked photo on Instagram. It ended up reaching 18.4 million likes in just under 10 days. And it beat Kylie Jenner because her post had 18 million, the most highly liked one, beat Kylie Jenner. Um, And it continued to rise over 45 million likes in the next 48 hours, which was insane. It was the most online post on any media platform in history. It went, it just went viral. It was an egg. The celebrities were on board. You saw celebrities commenting on it, liking it, like trying to get, it was, it was unbelievable. That's how you knew this year was going to be weird. It literally started off with an egg. It really did. Um, Also, the popular meme format was, how do we even explain this? Like, some of y'all blank and it shows. Yeah, so it started with this um, girl, Jasmine, Jasmine A on Twitter. She tweeted, some of you have never made a, can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky are like shooting stars? I could really use a wish right now. Facebook status and it shows. And from there, it just spread like, I was going to say wildfire, but like that's so poorly in poor taste right now. No, it, I mean, it, it, was, it was the meme of the month. It's still, we still use that format. It's an amazing one, which by the way, speaking of, of um, meme formats and origins, knowyourmeme.com, everything. You type in a meme, it'll tell you the origin, who tweeted it, where it came from, what moment it went viral. It is the greatest website I have ever been on in my life. No way. Who's you behind think that? Pornhub's good? I'll tell you, I could spend way more time on knowyourmeme.com. Wow. I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> I think you could too. Who's behind it? Geniuses. Wow. That's an amazing, thank you. Yeah. You're, I'm going to spend yeah. some time on that later. Also, this was the month that the Firefest documentaries came out. The Hulu one, the Netflix one. This is when we, when Andy King came into our orbit. Andy King sucking dick to get Evian water through customs came into our orbit. Like, do you realize how how cultural? That was a special time. That was huge. That's what we were talking about. The Firefest docs. That was crazy. Had your life ever been the same since you were able to describe something as being like hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray? Never. Thank you, Ja Rule. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ja Rule. Also, this was Pete Davidson and Kate Beckinsale first spotted together, which fucking blew up. Which was literally exactly a year ago. They were spotted together the first time leaving a Golden Globes after party together. Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger announced their engagement. It was Colton's season of The Bachelor. A lot of things were happening. I mean, I feel like this was, because this was Pete's first real spotting with anyone after Ariana. And so this kind of started him onto this bandwagon of just like getting with every beautiful woman in Hollywood, right? Okay, moving us over to February now. This we identified as one of the biggest Instagram moments, and I feel like it was went a little bit underappreciated because she, her name isn't that recognizable if you don't know who she is. But basically, David Spade posted a picture of Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper singing at the Oscars, and the caption is, is there any chance these two aren't fucking? And Bradley's ex-wife, Jennifer Esposito, commented, ha. We posted that so motherfucking fast, but we had to explain in the caption, like, this is his ex-wife. Which, right. Because obviously there was rumors that when they were dating, they were married, that he cheated on her. Right. With Renee Zellweger. With Renee Zellweger. Right. So it was right. very, it was almost like her commenting that 
whether or not this is true, in everybody's eyes, it was almost like confirmation that she believed that he was a cheater. Because obviously at the time, he was with Irina Shayk. Right. Right? Wow. That was a moment. I still consider that a goddamn moment. Yeah. This was also the... I can't even believe that it was a year ago. This was the month of Jordan Woods and Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Hollywood Unlocked broke the story on Tuesday, February 19th, that Jordan Woods hooked up with Tristan Thompson, and my life has never been the same. And never. I mean that with I mean that with zero sarcasm. No. First off, that j- jump-started our podcast careers. That episode was was went to number seven, I think, on all like charts overall. We were, I mean, Julie, you and I were in rare form that day. We were in rare form that whole month. That whole month. I felt like the whole month, for some reason, was was like I was at I was at the forefront of it. We no, like we, I was to me with everybody who was texting me, asking, inboxing every time something happened. People who followed us, our friends, our family, everyone that knew us, anyone. It was like, how did I end up in this position? And this, I remember Julie one time texting me like on the side, being like. Do you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders? Because I kind of do. And I was like, yes. Because you have to remember that it's not just like the podcast. It's also like people in our regular lives come to us for this type of stuff. And everybody, at least in my life, is at a different level. Like some people know who Jordan is. Some people don't. So I remember sending out literally 15 individual voice notes that week. Like, right. You couldn't just send out one blanket I couldn't just text. send out one. I had to be like, okay, this is the beginner version. This is if, you know what I mean? Like these are my thoughts. Like it was insane. I just... I mean, I can't even get too much into that because I could never stop talking uh, yeah, about it. Yeah, I could talk about it forever. At, like the entire history of Kylie and the Kardashian clan was changed in that in that moment. Not to sound dramatic, it really was. It was really. Um, it wasn't another basketball player cheating. No, on it was. His it girlfriend. was one of those pop culture moments you don't forget. I I will always. My kids will one day ask me where were you, and I will be able to tell them. Me, me fucking too. Andy Cohen's son, Ben, was also born on February 5th. I will never forget that Instagram post. It was one of the most uh, biggest labors of love we've ever done. Oh, yeah. The amount of formatting. I got carpal I have a Snapchat from, from I have a Snapchat of Isabel because we slept at your apartment that night, both of us. And I have a Snapchat of her, and it's like a, a pitch black Snapchat with just words that says, Julie, don't wake up. There's a million comments on Andy's picture for you to format. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Ariana Grande released the Thank You Next album. Cardi became the first solo female artist to win Best Rap Album for Invasion of Privacy at the Grammys. And this was also when Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper performed Shallow, which was what sparked David Spade's Instagram. Right. Wow. Wow. What a month. What a month. February, big month. Kind of diverse month in terms of like shocking, exciting, saddening events. Like nothing could be greater than the birth of Andy Cohen's son, but also nothing could be more devastating than Jordan and Tristan. Right. Also in terms of memes, this was the Nancy Pelosi clapping meme. Yeah, that was From the the State of the Union. Mm -hmm. You guys remember exactly what we're talking about. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, not as they really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. 
I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's dot com promo code CELEBS. Okay, let's move on to March, shall we? March, baby. Big Instagram moment. JLo and A-Rod announced their engagement via the Instagram post on March 9th. After two years of dating, they announced it with that picture of her fucking rock of a ring. Like, oh my God. I, I remember we had Jill Cargman on the on the podcast that week, I think, and she said, like, Johnny Ware could do tricks on that ring. That's that's what it was like. I won't. That was, you know when that was? When they got engaged was when I went to SNL. And I was in Florida. And you, but I, I couldn't be on my phone. And I was like, the one time I put my phone down for an extended period of time, they get engaged. I remember walking out text, like looking at my phone and it was, it was like, I couldn't believe it. My phone blew up. Blew up. I was like, how? The one time I put my phone away, I've been waiting for them to get engaged for a year. And the one time I put my phone away, they do it. It's really that, that I, I, I mean, I was, I was at, um, I was in Florida and I was at dinner with one of my friends and her parents. And it was the first time that I ever met her parents. And so of course, you know, like when you're meeting someone's parents and they were the loveliest people, you always want to make a good first impression. You never want to be on your phone too much. And they understood that this was my job, but also like it was my literal first night there. And I just remember we were at their country club and I remember being like, I am so sorry to be rude, but I have to get up. And I remember leaving the table for like 15 minutes because I had to format that. It was right. DJ Khaled's comment that was the one that we posted. Yeah. Do you remember? Of course. And you I were remember. in SNL and I was like, I'm just going rogue. I got to do it. You had to. I had to. I had no other choice. I love this meme format, but I don't know if it's that easy to explain, but I think it is. Yeah, it's the me on Ellen. First of all, the background of the me on Ellen is that she always surprises people. So if she has a guest on their show and it's like they mention something they like, it's kind of like the extreme makeover home edition. That's exactly where it's what like, I was oh, you like you like butterflies? You have a cocoon. You sleep in a cocoon from now on and that's where you stay. Like, yeah, it's like God forbid you say you like the color red. You were entire you've never seen another color but red. Your no. entire room head to toe, forget about it. Right. Like so that's what the me on Ellen meme kind of is. It's like it's a joke about like if you're on Ellen and you say you like something, boom, Ellen's got it for you. So the first meme that it also, what's so funny about memes and meme culture is like everything's tweets. Like you, everyone sees it on Instagram, but that shit all originated on Twitter. All. Like most of it, at least. Yeah, go Twitter. Anyway, so the original tweet was this girl tweeted me on Ellen. Ellen, so I hear you tweet a lot about wanting to die. Me, haha, yeah, I do. Death comes out, creeps up behind me. Oh, me, me. OMG, Ellen, you did it. We have used this so much. I always say to you, OMG, Ellen, you did it's, it. Because it's so funny. I think we even used it with Lamar Odom in the porn example. Like, <laughs> right? Like, there's just so many, so many applicable things. It's such a good one. Um, this was also the month, you guys, with the college admission scandal. It was on March 12th. The federal prosecutors in Boston charged 50 people connected in the college admissions bribery scheme. Lori Laughlin um, and her husband, Massimo, and Felicity Hoffman were all named. I will never, ever, ever forget that. We were sitting in here. We were sitting in here when mm-hmm. that happened. Also important to note that um, that was in March and just last month in December was when Olivia Jade made her return to social media. So from March to December, she was dead silent. And it was last month that she made the return to YouTube saying like, I'm back. I can't really speak about the situation, but I want to come back to you guys. Right. Also, oh my God, a lot happened. After a six-year hiatus is when the Jonas Brothers announced that their reunion um, was coming and they released Sucker. The Jonas Brothers getting back together was like, that was 2019. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
2019, I will always think of it. There are so many things that happened, but for me, I'll always be like, the Jonas Brothers got back together. Yeah, it's it, for me, it's like that and Tristan. Yeah, like that is, the magnitude of them getting back together is, kids it's these just, days, kids these days don't understand. It's, it's like so funny, they don't understand what it was like because they love the Jonas Brothers too. So for them, it's kind of like, I've seen so many tweets about people being like, oh, you know them too? Where it's like, no, we, we yeah. knew them. And it's funny because recently I was watching the documentary again, The Chasing Happiness, and I cried four times throughout that documentary. And that one part where they're talking about when they went to Canada to film Camp Rock, and it was right around the time that Year 3000 was playing on Disney Channel. And it was like right after that was released, they went to Canada. So they had no idea how big they were because they were completely secluded and in a desolate area. They had no cell phone reception. They didn't know anything. And they got back from Canada and they were performing at the Texas State Fair. And they were going and they get a call. And they're like, we have to come pick you up in a helicopter. There's a backup from Oklahoma to Texas. And they were like, oh, that's so crazy, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, no, you don't get it. The backup is people coming to see you. I will never. That moment of like, Going from, they struggled and they worked so hard and their whole family literally was so dependent on them to make this and they believed in them so much. For that moment, for them to come and not realize the magnitude of what had happened while they were away and realize that they had caused a traffic jam from Oklahoma to Texas for their concert was... I can't, I'm like an out-of-body experience. I cannot imagine. They were like, when they, when they were told that, they were like, oh my God, who's performing? Or like, what's it from? Right. They like, were like, it must have been a terrible accident. Like they had no idea that it was because of them. It was. It was really a moment. And them getting back together, I have to say, there are a lot of bands that you see get back together. Like Backstreet Boys did it recently. They had a good song. It came out. was a hit. Whatever. The Jonas, I have never seen a band get back together the way the Jonas Brothers have and it, have it fall so seamlessly into place. Well, it was because it seemed like they never missed a beat. They it was never the most missed. seamless. It was the most seamless comeback. But the other thing is, is that like all of these people who never... Like, first of all, when they were on that break, it was like, you never stopped dancing to the Jonas Brothers. Ever. Like, they never stopped being prayed at, no. played at a pregame. Like, they never stopped coming on at a bar. Like, it was always a nostalgic feeling. But the difference now is that everyone who felt so overwhelmingly passionate about them then is now old enough to do something about it. There's no more asking your parents for permission to go to a concert or for somebody to take you. You do that shit on your own. Exactly. And every single person who grew up loving them and going to all of their shows was now able to do that at their own devices. And they all couldn't have been happier, more proud, more ecstatic to be there. It's also that same feeling of like, you feel like an OG. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I knew them before they were them kind of thing. And it's like, they came back and they honored who they were. And it wasn't like they changed and they came back with this new image and this new vision of who they were. It was like, they honored who they were. It just we're a little more grown up now, but not in an extreme, we're throwing it in your face way. And no. it was so, I don't know, I could I could talk forever about I it. I so agree. Also, this was the month that Courtney Cox posted that Instagram of her outside of the friend's apartment, which, I mean, that's when we knew that Courtney was going to be good at Instagram. Yeah. Also, okay, moving on to April. I think the biggest Instagram moment was the fact that Megan and Harry joined Instagram as Sussex Royal which was unheard of previously. Right. And well, I, yeah. I had never expected that. From what I've heard is like, first of all, like you're not, there's a lot of rules with social media and being a royal. Obviously there are so many rules, but from what I understand, like, Megan is really in charge of that account. Like, she really does it herself because think about it. Like, you took a girl who was 
so active on social media and so in it and so and you put her in a position where she couldn't be on it like it's not like it's not like Kate Middleton doing it where it was never part of who she was and now she has to do it it's like it, 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 that's like you know it's so natural for her to do but it's so crazy for it to be a royal no it is I mean she yeah exactly social media was a big part or like being relevant was a big part of her career you know what I mean it was like she was born into this royal lifestyle right um also, this was when old, the Old Town Road remix, remix with Billy Ray Cyrus was released, which, like, I don't know. I remember this when this happened. It was this feeling of being so happy for Lil Nas X and also being introduced to him. Like, we really didn't know much about him before. And also, so happy for Billy Ray. Do you—here's what I think about now when I think about Old Town Road. That's how long it took us to get on the TikTok bandwagon. That's why that song blew up originally, because of TikTok. Oh, really? The song, the original version, got huge on TikTok. And because of that, it was at the top of the charts. And that's when people were like, why isn't this a country song? That's oh. when it was. It was all because of TikTok. It's really interesting because I've been talking to a lot of people like in the, in the music industry and all of that stuff and talking about how the best thing like that somebody can do for your song is to make it go viral on TikTok. I mean, it's, Do- no, but it's like the chart, the chart numbers between like, what your song was at before and when it got viral, when it went on TikTok. Like, think about Usher. Because that song has been out since 2004. It gets on TikTok and it's top of the charts again. So true. It's, un- it's really, like, unbelievable. Same with Doja Cat. Doja Same Cat. With- oh, my God. Doja- I feel like Doja Cat has been my girl the whole time. Me too. I'm gonna, uh, November, that's when I started listening to Doja Cat. By the way, just I want to say, a lot of people messaged us last night after we started comments by TikTok being like, like, please, can you guys do an episode, like, explaining it to, like, I'm over 30, I don't get it. We did it um, on our Patreon. We did a full breakdown, like really explaining it from the ground up to anybody. So if you're interested in that, it's on Patreon. Um, and I just wanted to tell people that. Did you see a lot of people were messaging us? Yeah, that? of course. Also, this was Coachella, obviously in April. And Ariana headlined on day three. This was also when Billie Eilish met Justin Bieber. I will never forget those yeah. pictures. It was like her lifelong kind of dream. Also, Kanye performed at Sunday Service the second week on that giant mound of grass and the most like majestic bathtub I've ever seen. Also, and I mean, obviously my favorite of this month, this was the 50 Cent Randall Emmett Lala Kent feud that we had to do an emergency episode on. I can't, it's stacked month. Stacked do you remember month. Money by Monday Randall? Foxy. For anybody that doesn't remember, but I'm sure you all do, this was when Randall Emmett, who was a producer, 50 Cent accused him of owing him, I think a million or over a million dollars and started, you know, posting all of the text conversations, really just got real nasty with it. And Randall's iPhone kept correcting 50 to 50. So the scandal, you know- It was, was like 50, 50, 50. It's so funny looking back at this this scandal. I was like, of all the things we've done emergency episodes on, I can't believe this was one of them. I know. But it's, it feels equally as significant as James Charles and Tati to me, to be honest. <laughs> and at the time it did, in retrospect, I'm like, wait, we had a whole emergency episode about him owing a million dollars? Well, I think that in retrospect, now that we've seen 50 Cent go off like this on so many people, it's, just it's, nothing it's like, new. it's it part of the course. So, it was just so unexpected. It was. So moving on to May, this was, Kim posted the first photo of Sam West on May 17th. <sighs> Remember, she posted it with a screenshot from a text, text from, from Kanye. Kanye. It said, Happy Mother's Day. With the arrival of our, of our fourth child, we are blessed beyond measure. We have everything we need. Oh, I love cute. them. I know. This was the, in terms of memes, can you explain this one? Okay, so this is the me explaining meme where it's it's two images and it's like, 
the the girl like kind of like standing over like yelling a little bit or explaining and then like the woman looking scared on the couch and I always for some reason thought those two images like always went together like I thought somebody posed them at the same time it's not the original image comes from a video of this girl who just tweeted it and was like sometimes you just need to scream and it's like literally just a twitter video of her screaming and then the other one is the woman who is sitting there is Miss Juicy from Little Women Atlanta and she posted it with something about like just like wearing a like Dallas Cowboys blanket around her and it was just an entirely separate tweet and people started putting them together and the first person to do it, it like put it together and like made it a child parent thing was somebody who tweeted it like with a caption in Spanish me explaining to my mother and then another person had tweeted it after that saying like 10 year old me explaining why I need club penguin membership to have different colored igloos and puffles and then my mom and it was like the other woman and putting it together and making that and it went that one went fucking viral. I had no idea though. Yeah. Wow, no know your meme.com. Meme. Yeah. You get it's the origin of everything. This was also you guys Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner got married at their ceremony in Vegas. It was live streamed by Diplo right after the Billboard Music Awards on May 1st. Right after that on May 2nd, Blake Lively reveals that she's pregnant at the premiere of Pikachu. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have their baby Archie on May 6th. The Met Gala is also on May 6th. And then on May 10th, Tati Westbrook releases her entire video bashing James Charles, saying she basically wants nothing to do with him. And May 18th is when he responded. May was fucking stacked. The whole year was stacked, by the way. Now that I'm going through this, like we did a lot of podcasts. Yeah. We studied for that James Charles episode. I've never studied. I thought it was the SATs. I've never studied for a test like the way I studied for that episode. That's how I feel about all the emergency episodes because it's so much more anxiety provoking to go in and feel like you don't know your shit. Yeah, and also it's like we're all in the same boat because it's like, what, how, who had background on 50 Cent? You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. who had all of this background on Tati Westbrook? No one, really. It's so true. Well, Isabel. <laughs> Except for Isabel, yeah. But like everyone who was, everyone was just as confused as we were and then all of a sudden we're like, okay, now we got to explain it. Yeah. Moving on to June. I would say the biggest Instagram moment was Katy Perry and Taylor Swift ending their feud. And on June 11th, basically what happened was Katy Perry Instagrammed a plate of cookies written on um, with frosting that said, peace at last. And Katy captioned it, feels good at Taylor Swift. And Taylor commented hearts on the picture. I don't know. It's really unclear as to what their feud really came from, but this was kind of like the extending the olive branch. Right? Yeah, it, it had a lot to do with, I don't know. I thought they had like extended the olive branch three other times before, so I was still confused by this. Um, but the feud, there's disputes over whether it dates back to them, like to John Mayer and that relationship. Obviously, they both dated John Mayer. Um, but a lot of people say it kind of maybe originated there, but the real like peak of the drama was an incident that happened when they were both on tour and there was an issue with like Katy Perry having backup dancers that originally worked for her going on Taylor's tour and then coming back to Katie. And I guess Taylor accused Katie of, like, sabotaging her own tour by taking the dancers. I don't know. It was very weird. But it was 2014. Like, it happened so long ago. Yeah, and it was five years later that it finally they buried the hatchet. Yeah, I think it's finally done. But I thought there was, like, another olive branch situation. I don't know. I can't keep up. I got to be honest, that is one few that just excites me 0%. Yeah, like I, it was well, big. I didn't even realize it was still a feud. I was like, oh, that's a nice cookie. Yeah. Also, this was Keanu Reeves. Like, not that he ever lost, you know, was not in our orbit, but really came back in full force with the memes about Keanu being the best guy ever. Well, because Always Be My Maybe came out and everyone was just reminded of like, 
everyone got that reminder. Keanu Reeves is the greatest person in the world. And, and also then, then every picture of him ever standing next to either a female co-star, just any female, showing that he never physically touches them. It's always like his hand being one inch from yeah. wherever they're from their Keanu body. Reeves was, Keanu Reeves was the talked about and meme of the month. Yes. Also, Euphoria premiered. Taylor Swift released You Need to Calm Down, the music video. Sean and Camilla released Senorita and started this year of this fucking, <laughs> sorry, sorry. This like highly public and just annoying relationship. Um, also, this was Joe and Sophie's actual wedding in Paris. And the Jordan Gate episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashian aired. And so did Big Little Lies season two, your oh, first TV show. My first TV show. Baby's first TV show. Wow, and Euphoria premiered. You haven't watched Euphoria yet. No, but I'm saying you Euphoria have to. premiered. You have Shit's to. Creek is higher on my list. And also That's Mrs. Fine. Mrs. Maisel's higher. Everybody's telling me that that should be number one. I, I just like, I, these are all things you should have watched. So it's hard for me to like tell you to pick an order now. Shit's Creek is, is it's an easy watch, 30 minute episodes. And I, I think everyone should watch it. I think it's like genuinely the most culturally relevant show right now. But I think that you will enjoy Euphoria as a show and as the characters and as a plot line more than the others. I think it will mean more to you as a show. Oh, I love when you analyze me. Okay, moving on to July. I would say the biggest Instagram moment was the bottle cap challenge. Yeah, that really uh, that really took off, didn't it? Really it really took off. So basically, it started by this Taekwondo star, Farabi Davichin, and then UFC fighter Max Holloway challenged John Mayer. The challenge then just spread all over Instagram. Yeah, it was John challenged Jason Statham, and then it was it was game over. It was Kendall Jenner. It was Haley. It was everyone. Wow, they all had really good ones now that I'm remembering. And there were so many funny memes about it. Remember, we made so many. Yes, yes. Yeah. This was also when Area 51 came into our orbit, and it became like a very popular subject for memes, which this was one where I got to be honest with you, I was late on the bandwagon. I remember like a couple of weeks going by and not wanting to ask anyone because I felt stupid and being like, what the fuck is the significance here? Like, I didn't. someone started a Facebook group saying, let's just storm Area 51. Not like they could stop us all. Like, I didn't get it, though. It took but me a But did you know Area 51 yes. before? Yeah, yeah but course, I didn't understand. Right? I didn't, didn't You didn't understand why thing. all of a sudden it was just like Area 51. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I was confused why it just, like, all of a sudden became relevant. You could have asked me. I know. I, I would have told you. I, I wanted to see you. if I knew it. In terms of emergency episodes, this was Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun. I can't even talk about it without, like, getting chills because I've never felt more anxious before an emergency I was just going to say, I can't one. even talk about getting anxious. I still get anxious about the situation. I don't want to talk about it, but basically that was when— um, Taylor released the whole statement via Tumblr that um, Scooter had bought the rights to all of her music, and it was he, just— He had bought the company. The company, you know what I and mean. Yes, but it's such an important distinction. I know, I know, I'm it's sorry. It's such an important distinction of, like, he bought a company, and with it came the rights to I her know, music. I I just can't talk about it. It was, it was, it was too stressful. <laughs> Although I have to say, in, this, in our entire podcast career, I think I would say top five most validating moments was— the, the response. response from Taylor Swift fans saying, like, thank you guys for be, like saying both yeah, sides it was like, being factual. Doing that episode was incredibly, incredibly stressful. We were sweating, like, yeah. beyond. Yeah. This was also when Sean and Camilla were seen kissing in San Francisco. Again, very That was, like, the first time we were seeing them Conveniently together. one month after Sandy Rita was released. Um, Lion King earned $1.6 billion, became the highest grossing animated film of all time. <laughs> Unfortunately for Cats, it was the same day the Cats trailer was released, which I got to tell you something. Cats got a beating last night. Em, Emmy, <laughs> somebody approved. I can't. A movie version of Cats. They cast Taylor Swift, 
James Corden, Judy Dench, Jason, Jason Derulo. Derulo, the weirdest, like, but talented cast I've ever seen. They spent $95 million on that film. And just, I mean, take everything about that film aside, because who approved that project is just beyond me. They also didn't finish it. You can see Judy Dench's hand. They had to re-release another finished version of it. So crazy. How did that movie? I, I, it, it literally lost eighty million dollars. Yeah, it boggles my mind. How that got released is it's just beyond me. I don't know. This was also on um, Hannah's season of The Bachelorette when it like it was the ending and really heated up when she she had picked Jed and then it you know it came out that they were no longer together after it came out that he was in a relationship with someone like while the show was happening. And we didn't see pictures of her and Tyler yet. This didn't happen for a little while after, but I remember that. I mean, I wasn't even a Bachelor watcher at the time and I'm still really not, but I remember this being like very much in our in our world. Right, it was like very soon after that the pictures of him leaving her apartment the next day happened. Yeah. Okay, moving on to August. Oh my God. Every it. month is stacked. I Do you forgo- realize that? I forgot about this. Yeah. This was Brody Jenner, Caitlin Carter, and Miley Cyrus taking their drama to Instagram. Let me take you through it. Well, I will tell you honestly, in terms of what everyone was talking about, like this was it. It took over Instagram. It took over memes. It took over everything. Like this was the story. So on August 2nd, Brody and Caitlin announced they're divorced. Again, they never technically got married, but they basically had this marriage ceremony in Bali that symbolized marriage. They started dating in 2014, so it had been five years. On August 10th, which was eight days later, Miley and Liam announced their divorce. They had gotten married, um, you know, just very soon before that in December of the previous year, but they had been dating for 10 years. They started dating in 2009 on and off. Keep in mind, that's August 10th. And that divorce announcement in and of itself was earth-shattering. The, the, I mean, like, we kind of saw it coming because they hadn't been seen together for a while, but still, like, Miley and Liam, it was like, when they got married, it was like, they finally did it. We have watched this couple go back and forth and felt like they truly belonged for years. And they finally got married. And we all kind of had this moment together of like, wow, this is what I've wanted forever. And I'm so happy and so relieved that this finally worked out. And then they announced that divorce. And I was like, it was earth shattering. It was. Keep in mind, one day later after the divorce announcement, photos of Miley and Caitlin kissing while on vacation surface. I mean, like, I will I will never forget. Never. So Brody Instagrammed a picture of himself on that same day with the caption, don't let yesterday take up too much of today. And Brandon Lee, who's one of his Hills castmates, comments, let's round out the scandal and post a picture of us making out. And he replied, watch out, pics of Liam and I holding hands on the beach coming soon. And Miley replied, go take a nap and cool off. Hashtag hot girl summer. We were in your kitchen. I mean, wasn't it after my mom's unveiling? It was all your mom's unveiling. And the whole family, this is so funny. We're in your kitchen and it's your entire family sitting there and everyone's like chatting and smooth and whatever, like whatever. And all of a sudden I'm like, M? I'm like, no, everyone stop talking. <laughs> I'm like, everyone for one second, I get that this is a very big day for you, but I need, and Emma's like, Emma's like, guys, everyone stop <laughs> right now. <laughs> Keep in mind, there is, a, there is a bong on the kitchen table. We, you remember that? There was of a bong on the kitchen table. A giant platter of like all the food you can imagine. Like we had a chocolate platter because it's like, it was basically like Shiva. Yeah, it was, I was all thinking, of your favorite people. All of my favorite people. My, my mom, it was like what exactly what she would have wanted. It was right after the unveiling. I was in obviously 
obviously change immediately into sweatpants. My dad was right there. My aunts, whatever. Isabel's there, like all it's of Isabel, us. Isabel, Carly, like, whatever. sweatpants. We are absolutely stoned, and this happens. And it it really like talk about breaking our breaking the internet and you breaking. You know what was really funny about the moment? It was your entire family, all of the people closest to you, and even they were all like. I can't believe we're here to witness you guys formatting <laughs> yes, this comment. Yes. Like they got it. They were like, "Oh my god, this is really cool to watch." Yeah. And I'm like, "My dad, my dad's like, I'm like, it's, I'm like, Steve, that's your your daughter. Like, it's, I'm like, it's like it's your daughter. Why do you think this is cool?" My dad's like, "No, no, no this was so funny. This is so funny." But two, a couple of my dad's friends were there, and they were sitting outside at this point. And my dad goes outside. He's like, "You wouldn't believe what's going on with Miley right now." <laughs> It was so funny. Um, also, this was the meme of the kombucha girl. You guys know exactly what it was. It's the it's the two-part meme where one, when she's looking like disgusted, and then when she's like, oh, it's kind of okay. It came from this girl, Brittany Tomlinson. Her um, Twitter is Brittany T445, and she's known as the kombucha girl. And she basically posted this TikTok of her trying kombucha for the first time and how like, when you first try it, you're like, what the fuck is this? And then you're like, hey, it's kind of good. And this went absolutely viral. It started, I didn't know this until I was reading this, when this account, Popstar Dave, tweeted the video with the caption, when I tasted cum for the first time. I remember seeing that I know tweet. it's kind of vulgar, but like fucking hilarious that that's what it turned into. And it has now, I mean, again, we have used that so many times. Think about how big that TikTok was. Like that was the big, and it still took us so long to get on from this point. What took we us were so, so long? foolish. We were so foolish. Mark, Although we my, should be thankful for that time because once we got on TikTok, I felt like like we were. I'm thankful for the time I had where I wasn't addicted. I've gone on. I've been on TikTok for maybe a month, and we've already launched comments by TikTok. Like, have made a like, we have a million plans for what we want to do with it, and like we all we do is speak in TikTok. All we do is talk about TikTok. I get. I get that it's not for everybody. For those of you that do, the way I feel about TikTok is that it's it's not for you. It's because you haven't tried yet. Mm-hmm. There's something for everybody. That's why it's so good. It is. It was, we were talking about this the other night. I was like, everyone was like, why is it so addicting? And I was like, because it is so digestible. It is so quick. It is our attention spans in an app. It is so entertaining. It combines memes with people we with like. music, with, with, with dancing. With drama, with dancing, with inside jokes, all of these things. And you just scroll. It never fucking ends. You can't run out of content. There's no such okay. thing as like getting to the end of your Instagram, end of your Instagram feed and be like, you're all caught up. You, you're never all caught up. Let me tell you something. When I was posting the the TikTok, like, because we have it on, we did comments by TikTok on actual TikTok now, and we're going to do, like, comments on actual TikToks, not, not just on Instagram. Not necessarily famous people, just funny But just, comments. like, funny comments and showing TikTok, whatever. When I posted the one that we posted starting it, and I hashtagged for you, for you page, that hashtag had been used 575 billion times. Billion. Fucking insane. I cannot. It's a, the reason that the reason that I feel like it's doing a disservice to not at least experiment with it is because you're missing out on such a massive cultural phenomenon. Like I really feel so much more in the loop. I get so many more things that I didn't even realize I was missing. And also, it's it has the same Twitter feel that after you know something big happens, where you go on and everyone's talking about the same thing. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's very like this camaraderie. Um. Oh, also in this month, in August, is when Tyler and Gigi were spotted for the first time on a date at Soho House in Brooklyn. It was when Normani released her music video for Motivation, that and I fell in love with her. That changed my fucking life. I fell in changed love with her. Changed my fucking life. That girl is, let me tell you something. Tell me. It 
when Camila Cabello does her, like, career, it's like, you know she was in Fifth Harmony. You know what I mean? It's like, you look at Camila Cabello, and it's like, you have an amazing career, and I'm so proud of you for going solo and being able to figure that out because it's not easy to do. When you look at Normani, you forget that she was even in Fifth Harmony. It is so hard to establish yourself as a solo artist. It's really one of the hardest things you can do, especially when you are so heavily associated with something that you did in the mm-hmm. past. Normani came out. Guns blazing. Guns blazing. That music video was, in that moment, everyone was like, she is so talented. We have been missing out on something that we all needed this whole time. So beautiful, so talented, such an amazing dancer, so captivating. She's just a performer. She's a star, really. You know what I would do sick shit for? Her, Ciara, and Lala Anthony to do something together. That would be amazing. can't even. Also, this is when Taylor Swift released Lover on August 23rd, which was absolutely huge for her. Can we go back to Tyler and Gigi for a second? Yeah. I have a point to make. This is a discussion I was having. Like, 2019 was the year of Tyler Cameron. No one, no one had a bigger or better year. No one. Although, I fully agree with you. I have two things to say about that. One, I thought you were going to say it was the year of reality stars making their way into A-lister dating. It was very true, which is like kind of like a Caitlin Carter, Miley Cyrus situation, or there's a bunch of others that I can't think of right now. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah, like, that well, Wilson and Sarah had already done it, but yeah. That kind of thing. But what well, I was gonna, Rachel Wilson and Rachel Nick Vile. And, and Nick Vile, yeah. But what I was going to say to you is I felt like, while I totally agree that was his year— in retrospect, like, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, almost to a fault. Because now people, not everyone, but he, people are getting sick of him. And it was like too much, too fast. It was what I fear is going to happen with Lizzo. I hope it doesn't, but I fear that a little bit. It was like too much of that person. That the, it's, the what happened, gets, it's what happened with Queer Eye. Yeah. It was like, but I'll tell you what the difference is. The reason that I feel like it's not too much is because I don't feel like we're being oversaturated with him. I feel like he just keeps making his way into our orbit. So, for example, what happened with Queer Eye, and I'm using them as an example, is because they really blew up. And they were all anybody spoke about. And I felt like they were really thrown in our face. Like, the way they were marketed, it was like they blew up, and every single interview, award show, commercial had to have them in it. It was like, you are not doing anything unless the Queer Eye guys were in your thing. With Tyler, it's not like he's being thrown in our face. It's like he shows up somewhere— and he's so, he's having such a year that you're so captivated by him that you have to talk about him. Yeah. But it's not like anyone's forcing you to. That's true. It's all free will. Mm-hmm. But when you think about not even, not even from the perspective of, you know, how do we feel about Tyler Cameron, just for Tyler Cameron alone to have the year he have, he came out as the star of The Bachelor, came out but with an amazing reputation. As not just being hot. Not just being hot, though. It's like, it's one thing when you're hot and everyone knows you. Take Jeremy Meeks, for example. You're a hot felon and everyone's talking about you. But, like, for Tyler Cameron to come out, this guy from Florida, everyone thinks he's hot, but then also to have the reputation that you are the nicest guy. And then you date Gigi Hadid. And then you date Kylie Jenner's best, best friend. friend. And now you're with her in New Year's. And now you're a model. And now you're Andy Cohen's best friend also. Like, that was your year, Tyler Cameron. 2019 was your year. You have it. I, there are so many people who had crazy years, but it's not like they went zero to 100. No, they he, went, he, they he, went 75 to 100. Yeah. He went, you have never seen. Right. Right. Like even J-Lo. She right, was already J-Lo's at 100. Right she went like 100 to 101. 101. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. like, yeah, I didn't know that you could get more than 100, but here she but is. here she is. Tyler went zero to, to 100, 100. Real fucking quick. I agree. 
Okay, moving on to September. I would say the biggest Instagram moment slash pop culture moment was Jennifer Lopez and her iconic Versace dress literally taking over Instagram. She brought back the look she wore to the 2000 Grammys at the 2020 um, Versace Spring Show. And it was, you know, celebrating 20 years since she wore the dress. It was basically a remake of, you guys know exactly what it was, that silk green, I don't even, just Versace print. And that was the moment when we were all like, as if Jennifer Lopez could not get more radiant, more stunning, younger, like here she is. She defied gravity. She defied everything in that when she walked down that runway. Yeah, I so agree. Everything she did this year, I'm, I told you, and I said this in the in the in the Golden Globes part. It's like, so her dress wasn't great at the Golden Globes. She had a perfect year. Yeah, she had a perfect year. That engagement ring alone, she could have done nothing else. Just that engagement ring, and it, it would have been a great. She year. could have done nothing but look the way she looks, and I'd be like, wow, J Lo was fucking perfect. Yeah. But instead, she brought it, and I cannot wait for the Super Bowl. Cannot wait. Julie. I am so excited and happy for her. Me too. Also, this was Justin and Haley's wedding. They were married on September 13th at the Montage Palmetto Bluff in South Carolina. Oh, oh my God. I can't. Every time I think about her dress. Every time I think about them together. You don't understand. We were, I think we were on the phone maybe doing an interview when those pictures were released. And I just hear Julie like gasp. Yeah. And it was when we saw the first picture of her off-white dress with the till death to us part the, the thing video. with Haley is that and I mean this in the best like most admirable way is I feel like she's living the life that I wanted to live like first of all when Justin Bieber released the song and started like talking about his documentary and I we went back and we were watching clips from um the never say never documentary I was like Justin Bieber was the first and I think truly only artist that I felt like I had a connection to. Like the way that people talk about One Direction, the joke, like I loved all of them. But for me, Justin Bieber was the be all end all. From eighth grade to like now. Now? <laughs> no, like but seriously, for eight, like for all of eighth grade, there was nothing else I could talk about. I, when I saw his concert, I saw the first concert on the first leg of his tour. On the first My World Tour, I was at the first concert on that tour. And I remember him walking out and I broke down hysterically crying. I have never had that reaction. The only time I ever had that reaction was um, the first time I saw Beyonce and the first time I saw Kanye. Wow. But I was like, but it was different. Like that was like a really like special moment for me because I was like, these are two people that like I've spent my entire life with Justin. I was like, I'm so in love with you. I was wow. like, I would have killed somebody to be your one less lonely girl. And, and here for she Haley, was. who I genuinely like could not have picked somebody I would want to be with him to be with more. I think she is so perfect for him. I think she is so kind and so sweet, so good for him, so good to so him. So grounding. So grounding. And also the, the going back to the wedding dress of her wearing off white, I was like, Haley is my style. Like, if there is one person, I literally said this to Isabel yesterday, where I was like, the only two people who get my style are my Facebook ads somehow, and yeah, Haley, Haley, and that's it. There's no one else. Yeah, she. Re- and when she walked out in an off white dress, I was like, you did that. That's what I would do. In the, if given that opportunity to marry Justin Bieber, that's what I would do. Yeah, in the most classy yet like edgy way. It was just, it was everything. Yeah, I can't. When I look at them together, I'm like, yes, I'm just so happy for both of you and I'm happy for myself because like that's who I wanted Justin with. Like I wanted him with somebody who could ground him and bring out the best in it. And I think that she does. And that's love. That's love. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. We've said it till the day we die. We don't care how stupid we look if they break up in two years. We still go hard for them now. Also, this was when Lizzo got her first number one spot on Billboard Top 100 for Truth Hurts. 
I mean, she grinded. I, I am just so also speaking of Tyler Cameron. It was also the year of Lizzo, yeah, for sure. But of did, but again, not starting at zero because she was already like had been yes, music but for a while. It, but very similarly in the sense that like this was the year where she got that recognition. She deserved. no, I understand what I'm saying. It was like this was it was like Tyler had never modeled before. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't even want to talk about this like truly, but this was also the month of the Sean and Camilla kiss when they uploaded that video to Instagram. Like I knew you guys say we've been kissing weird, and they proceeded to do that thing that like you only is seen in horror movies. That's literally what you see. I, I imagine that when you get to hell, like for any of us who are going, you just get there and it's just them. Yeah, like it's I just know, that video playing on I screen. Know I just when I get there. That's what's going to be. I can't. Also, Fenty Fashion Show released on Amazon, and this was when JLo and Shakira announced that they were going to be um, headlining the Super Bowl halftime show. Okay. I love Rihanna. When you said Fenty, I just had a moment. Like, I, I had a moment the other day. I was Snapchatting you where I was like, I cannot believe Rihanna's real. I know. I, I was watching her. First of all, why is there two music videos for work? And her and Drake together in those music videos Oh, that's are, when you Snapchatted That's what that. it was. The two of them together. is uh, the hottest it's thing the ever. It's the hottest thing. I, it's like. Well, you said that was your number one sex no, tape. No, it is my number one sex tape. There's a, In her music video, you can see her nipples. And I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe we are so lucky that Rihanna's showing us her nipples. Yeah, she's so hot. Them together? No, shit. No, there's nothing like it in the whole world. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Okay, moving on to October. This was when Jennifer Aniston joined Instagram. I will never forget. This is also a huge month for us because we got like, I don't even know how many, like 50,000 followers in literally three days from this. It was the most insane thing. I felt like it was like happening to us in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, like why, why? I don't know. Why did Jennifer Aniston joining Instagram like affect us so deeply. I don't know why. I guess because we post some, like, some of the comments. This was also when Rise and Shine originated, when Kylie posted the tour of her Kylie Cosmetics office, which I'll say again, if you have not watched it, I highly recommend it. It is so crazy to see this office. And when she was um, waking up stormy, she sang Rise and Shine for a minute, and it went absolutely viral, so much to the point that last month, when she was at that art gallery auction with Justin Bieber, she sang it to the crowd, like truly. Also, this was Miley Cyrus and Cody Simpson first coming on our radar after Miley and Caitlyn break up. And they break up the end of September. And then October 4th, photo surface of Miley and Cody kissing. And then kind of from then on, it was kind of like all hell broke loose and they just really ran with it. She posted that picture of him shirtless with the caption, 22 check Australian, my type check, abs check, hot girl fall check. And then, I mean... From then on, we had the TikTok, we had the stories, we had, like, forget about it. We had the picture of her with her hand down his pants. Do you remember this? No, that TikTok. No, that— When you sent it to me yesterday or whatever it was when we were formatting it, I was like, this TikTok means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. It was—that was a big moment. Again, though, still Still enjoy TikTok. Literally, I would go on and I would watch that video on Twitter. There was just something about that video. I still can't even put it into words. I don't know why. There was just something. I think it's when he rolls his sleeves and the two of them together. I'm not. Even, I don't even think he's hot. And I was into that video. There's just something. Something about moves it. his hips very well. He does. This is also Felicity Huffman um, begins her prison sentence. She was sentenced to 14 days, but only got 11. Also, Dennis Quaid at age 65 gets engaged to um, Laura Savoy at age 26. And this is when Selena releases "Lose You to Love Me." God, Julia, a lot of shit happened this year, right? Yeah. Okay, moving on to November, the biggest, no pun intended, Instagram moment, easily Jason Derulo's fucking penis. He posted this picture of himself in these boxers when the outline of his dick was so massive to the point where, like, you literally felt like it was hitting you in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I felt, after I watched that, I was like, oh, my God, did I just, like, (laughs) give Jason Derulo a head? Like, that's how you felt. No, I— Do you know what I mean? It was, like, so in your face. He calls it the anaconda. 
It, it was everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere. There's so many memes from it. We actually posted a picture of him today. And like, I will never see him and not think about it. Yeah, I can't. And he was so proud of it, by the way. That's all well, he wanted, obviously. But, duh. Um, this was also when the OK Boomer meme started. We were on TikTok then. We were. I know. We were, at least I was. You were on TikTok. I started like early December, I think. Um, do you want to explain it? Yeah, so the, the OK Boomer sound comes from like a, so- a SoundCloud like song that was made. But the reason that it became, it became a really popular so- like sound on TikTok of people using it. It's like the OK Boomer um, but the reason it became such a viral meme after that is because at the end of October, the New York Times had published an article, which is why it was like the last day of October, which is why it was so big in November. The New York Times had posted an article about how OK Boomer marks the end of, quote, friendly generational relations. And everyone was just no like, this, way. yes, everyone was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that this sound that we were using on TikTok and you're just like making fun of adults in like the most harmless way. Is like what New York Times was considering the generational the divide. And remember, somebody said, remember, there was that whole joke about somebody who was obviously a boomer saying, like, the okay, boomer is the equivalent of saying the N word. And everyone would use the John Mulaney clip where he talks about in his stand up, he was saying that he was, um, he was writing a skit for SNL once and the um, censorship department at, was, at it was like, you can't say the word midget, it's as bad as the N word. And he was like, I won't say it, but let's be clear. If we're measuring the the badness of two words and one of them you can't even say, that's the, the worst, worst word. word. So everyone was posting that when it was like, a boomer is the new N-word. And it's like, if you're saying one of the words. Clearly there's no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I saw that one. That was, that was viral. I thought that the headline was fake. Like when right. it was like, Boomer compares, like. No, it yeah, was real. I know. No, I'm saying at the time yeah. I thought it was fake. Well, because you were scared. There was a comment we did and you were like, I don't know. I think this is wrong. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I couldn't believe someone could say something <laughs> so outlandish. Like I couldn't believe it. Also, John Legend is named Sexiest Man Alive. And after follows Chrissy's fucking storm of tweets, which you guys got it. We should, yeah, that roundup was a good one. Also, Billie Eilish makes history as the youngest person to ever get Grammy nominations in Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Album of the Year, and Best New Artist category. The big four categories. Wow. You ready for December? Bring it home, kid. Okay. I would say this was the month of Harry Styles. Is that fair? Yes. The month yes, of Harry Styles. Yes, 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 yes. Not only does he release Fine Line, which was his very highly anticipated album, he also, like, to me, no matter what he did, the biggest thing will always be hosting James Corden and his interview with Kendall. Like, to me, yes. that was the best thing ever. No, it was just... He also covered Lizzo's, I think it was Juice, at, at like... It was just the. It was really the year of of Harry Styles. It was him singing "Juice" with that last part where he says, "Somebody come get your man." Somebody come get. Uh, no, 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 no. That was. I have watched that clip a million times. It was a also million. the year of me because, like, okay, with Brad Pitt, for example, we never thought that we weren't turned on by him. We were just reminded. I never thought I could be turned on by Harry Styles, and then it happened, and I was like, "What is going on here?" Like, I can't believe you never thought you could be turned on. Never. When I, saw, I guess when I, I my moment was when I saw the Vanity Fair cover. Right, right, and, and I, I was like, do it for "Oh, me. I was like, oh, oh." Also, this was when. We, I mean, for, in our minds, when brands really won the internet with that Netflix tweet that said, like, what's something that you could say during sex and also... Uh, when it? What the actual tweet was? Yeah. When running a brand Twitter when account. When running a brand Twitter account and also having sex. And that's when all the, the brands responded. And we did, like, a whole mashup of those. That was so good. Um, what else happened last month? Cats was released. Yeah. 
Jeez. It wasn't, I, I don't know. Last month was kind of quiet, I felt like. We were like, you know what? The end of December is always quiet. Everyone's on break. All of Hollywood takes those couple weeks off. It was just quiet, but all I thought about was Harry Styles the whole time. Harry Styles really took over, I gotta Little say. Little Women was released. Yeah, you know, this was also not the year of Timothy, Timothy Chalamet, but he had a, he had quite the year. Oh. Quite the year. You know how I feel about Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Yeah, I have a really— A real soft spot for him. Yeah. I'm going to give you guys a rundown. We're not going to talk about them. Just a rundown of the couples. I feel like we're doing an in I'll memoriam. obviously have commentary. I did not agree to not talk about them. No, we can, but— <laughs> I know you're trying to hurry me along, and I can't. I I I can't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hurry you along. I could do this forever. You're not going to mention Jeff and Mackenzie Bezos getting a divorce and me not have something to say about, like— No, okay. Let's do it. Ready? Yeah, go. Starting Fine, I'll say one quick thing about each one. No, No, we can talk about it. Let's do it. You've mentioned them. I'll say one quick thing. Okay, Jeff and Mackenzie Bezos separating after uh, 25 years of marriage. Do not sign a prenup. Next. (laughs) Lady Gaga and Christian Carino. Who really gives a shit? Like, duh. I mean, it was only just the timing. Well, yeah. That's what it was. It was just such a big deal. Chloe and Tristan, fucking forget about it. Yeah. I mean, come on. Emma Roberts and Evan Peters, I was never invested. It was always due. It was a a tumultuous relationship. Adele and Simon Konecki, all I fucking have to say is you guys see those pictures of her and Harry on the beach? Oh, they're just friends. It wasn't about that. I said to Isabel, I was like, it's the same thing as when he went on when he went on DVF's yacht. Yes, it, it was. It wasn't. That, no, of course they're not going. I just love seeing them together. Seeing them together, but also like Adele is fucking peaking right now. Yeah, she's thriving. Pete Davidson and Kate Beckinsale never was going to last, but goddamn, was that a fun ride? While it, it was a fun, and it sparked no one pulls. That's my commentary for that one. No one pulls like Pete Davidson, Katie Holmes, and Jamie Foxx. Personally, saddened. Personally, they never gave me enough for me to get invested in it. You got to give me something for me to invest in your relationship. It's not their fault. Literally, time I know it's not fault. their fault. I just like I, it's. It's also not my fault. I wasn't invested. I know that's fine. Um, Bradley Cooper and Irina Shayk. Not shook, but shook. Yeah, gorgeous kid. Oh, beautiful, gorgeous, and oh my god, him. No, him with a kid in his arms is it's like the hottest thing ever. It shouldn't be legal. I know. Um, Camila Cabello and Matthew Hussey, like. Honestly, the only, reason, the only reason that I'm upset about this is because then it led to the Shawn Mendes situation. Now, I forgot they even, like, I forgot Camille was even in a relationship previously. Yeah. Brody and Caitlin, honestly, better for both of them. They seem like good friends. Yeah. Sparked a— Sparked a, the best—one of the best comments we ever did. Liam and Miley, heartbreaking, but probably for the better, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, definitely for the better. In retrospect, definitely for the better. But at the time, oh my God, was I upset. Debbie, Demi Burnett from The Bachelor and Kristen Haggerty. This was like, to me, I mean, I know that clearly they're not the same level of celebrity as others, but the reason that it was relevant was because of, like, this was her first time ever coming out. And it was like her first- Well, it was also like the first lesbian relationship on Ever on The Bachelor. I know, I know, but also especially like for her, I don't know. I just felt like she was such a, she was like a pioneer. Yeah, it was like a really big deal. And like, it was like a personal big deal and a Bachelor franchise, you know, like, welcome to the welcome to the 21st century big deal. Yeah. Brody and Josie Canseco. Oh, uh, remember them? I can't. I just can't. Um, Meg Ryan and John Mellencamp. I didn't know that. They, I forgot that they were even together. They've been together on and off for forever. That means that Teddy Mellencamp's stepmom or step whatever is Meg Ryan. I had was no, Meg Ryan. Was Meg Ryan. I didn't know that. Anytime that there's a chance to talk about Meg Ryan, I'll take it. Yeah. Like if somebody was like, oh, I saw Meg Ryan the other day, I would make a new story out of it. Yeah, same. Uh, Crystal and Justin Hartley. I know that you didn't care that much, but I was just like, what, did you? 
Well, the only reason I cared was because I didn't know who he was because I never watched like anything he was in. And I remember like two years ago, I saw him on an award show red carpet. And I remember oh, like, grabbing is. whoever I was with and being like, oh my God, I'm, I've never seen a hotter guy. Oh my God. Have you not seen Bad Mom's Christmas? No. Oh my God, me and Isvar are showing you that. He is in it. You're going to fucking lose I'm it. I'm going to lose it. I'm also like obsessed with This Is Us, but also she, the reason that it was like crazy for me when they broke up is because she had that show on Netflix, which was selling Sunset. And it was like all about the real estate on Sunset Boulevard and that whole company. And she was like the new addition to it. And it was like, she was Justin Hartley's wife. And I was like, I was like, once I saw her on the show, I was like, this divorce is coming any day now. Oh, you knew it. Yeah, you I knew. knew. I could tell. Also, Teresa and Joe Judice. Like, I mean, all I have to say about that is that fucking special with Andy Cohen was one of the best things that has ever happened in television history. It's really been concerned. a ride for them. It has been a ride. And one, first off, talk about couples that don't give us a lot, a la Katie Holmes and Jamie Foxx. You want to know who does give us a lot? Joe Judice. This motherfucker's out of prison for literally six months. His Instagram feed is, you've never seen something well, more active. By the way, if you got out of prison oh, after six months. I know, I, I would be a machine. It, he's amazing, but he was never on Instagram before. He just like went for it. I, I'm so grateful to him for showing us his life in Italy. I mean, it's amazing. I really loved watching him and the girls reunite Me at too. the airport. It was really, yeah. Lastly, um, Jesse J and Channing Tatum. Yeah. I was like unaffected. Like if they're happy, we're happy. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Right? I didn't really feel too much about that. No. Anything else you want to mention or we have to end. This is the longest episode ever. I would keep it going. I mean, I, if I, in my ideal world, we could, but we obviously can't. What a year. What a year, you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. This last year totally catapulted us from a podcast perspective and just from a business perspective. And yeah, it was a big year for us. I can't I believe we get to do this. It's like crazy. So we will see you on Wednesday for our regular episode. And then going forward, regular episodes on Mondays, bonus episodes on Wednesdays. Don't forget to please rate and review if you like it, obviously. And shop.com and spicelabs.com for merch. Yes. Love you guys. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning... There's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.